You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week, week in and week out, to bring you content that is not just talking to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, people who have lived, worked, and ministered in small, out-of-the-way places, and people who value uh, the immense work that God does in those places. I am your host, Joe Epley, and today I'm excited to tune into a conversation uh, about a concept called Cowboy Church, right? In a a minute, I'm going to introduce our guest. And, uh, and I've really enjoyed hearing his story of what God has done uh, in him and through him, the various ups and downs of his life. But I'm going to let him tell that. Um, our guest today is Pastor Stan Formby. And the first thing I want to say is, Pastor Stan, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Got a beautiful day here and everything's going fine. Well, good. I am so glad to hear that and so glad that we get to you know hear your conversation today and, and hear your story. So, uh as we dive in, I want to ask you what I ask everybody is uh, tell us a little bit about your ministry journey. And I know that you've been at it a long time, which is great. Uh, but let's talk about maybe the last place you were and then kind of this journey in Durango and what it started at and where it ended up. And let's take just a few minutes here and fly over that. You know, I'd love to hear more about you. Okay. <clears throat> well, let's start with Stillwater, Oklahoma. That's uh, where I was at before I moved here to Durango. Been in Durango 33 years, uh, and I, uh, when we moved here, and for most of my ministry, I was traditional type pastor. I was uh, dressed like this that I'm dressed like now, not just to be here, but that's the way I dressed all the time, except on Sunday and church days. Yeah. Now, this is my entire time of dressing. In fact, I'll be preaching tonight, and this is what I'm going to wear. Yeah, and if our listeners can't see, we got the cowboy hat and the nice polo yeah. tie. And you're very, you're very Western, sir. It's real. Well, I gave all this up when I was just a kid because sure. the Lord called me, and I thought I had to. Now sure. that I'm my latter part of my years, uh, He gave it all back to me. <laughs> what a kindness! Well, tell us a little bit about Stillwater, and then uh, we'll get into your journey in Durango. Stillwater, we I took that church, and there was about thirty-five people in it. We built a brand new church while we were there. We were there 15 years. And that new church, uh, when I left, we had 450 people in it. A lot of them were college kids and things like that. But I felt the Lord calling me into a different place. And so uh, that's when we found Durango. Yeah, and Durango, obviously, uh, for your story, has two parts, you know. And so why don't you tell us, uh, again, just a flyover of, uh, you know, the first 23 years or so in Durango. Uh, what was it like leading the Durango Church? Well, I, I never could get the Durango Church to grow like Stillwater did. Mm. And I wanted to do, I wanted to see that happening uh, again in my ministry. So we were we were thinking very seriously about leaving. We felt like that the church needed another younger pastor with kids and things like that. Uh, and uh, so we uh, really got serious about leaving. Uh, a friend of mine, who was a missionary who who told me he was going to be building a cowboy church uh, real close to where I come from in Oklahoma. Oh, really? uh, and he asked me to come be the pastor. And I, I've never been to a cowboy church. 
uh, at heart, I was and am a cowboy. Uh, and I was really interested in it. And when he asked me to go, I really got interested. But I couldn't sell my house. And I had a nice home here. And it kind of, that was all the retirement or anything that I had. And I hated to lose that. So I, for about a year, I just uh, bounced around and tried to sell my house. But I couldn't do it. I uh, made several trips to Oklahoma in a, in a, uh, a, a dream of what we wanted to do. And I uh, just could never get that done. You want me to yeah. go on with that and how he transitioned from traditional into the cowboy church? Yeah, let's chat about that. Because obviously 23 years, not a ton of growth, uh, a place you're passionate about, but you start looking it, elsewhere. And yet you are still in Durango nine years later. So why are you still there? What did the Lord do? Well, one of the things that was extremely important for me and I think it's extremely important for anybody in the ministry. Make sure you're right where God wants you to be. Mm. It may not be good at the beginning, but yet being where God wants you to be, it ends up good. And uh, so I had a business meeting one evening and uh, one day after Sunday morning service. And I told the people that I the direction that I felt like God was leading us. One of the ladies said, Pastor. We love you and Gail. We don't want you to leave. Hmm. Why don't you build a cowboy church here? <laughs> that changed my life. And the next week, a lady called me and said, Pastor, I want you to come over to my house. I have some tithes that I need to pay. Hmm. And she gave me a check for $20,000. She says, now let's get started on the cowboy church. Hmm. And uh, I can kind of tell me, I knocked on my door that the Lord was leading me this direction. Not only leading me, but guiding me. Yeah, and tell us about the Cowboy Church itself. Obviously, you know, let's hear some about the beginning and, and <laughs> how it grew and even, even what it looks like. You know, some people might be tuning in and going, well, how is a Cowboy Church different <laughs> than a regular church if it's just full of cowboys? You know, who knows? You know, so so beginning and how it grew and what it looks yep. like on a, on a Sunday, you know? Yep, well, I understand exactly what you're saying because I never had been to a Cowboy <laughs> Church either. And I've only been to a couple now. Uh, but uh, we, we owned a parsonage and had it paid off. We owned the old church and it was paid off. We sold the parsonage mm. and took the money from that and bought 34 acres on a one of the major highways here in Durango on the way to the airport. Perfect place. Uh, and then we... Uh, had to come up with creative financing to sell the church because of the zoning. Oh, and, sure. uh, yeah, Alcoholics Anonymous, we were working with them and, and sharing the building with them, and they wanted to buy it. Had mm. no credit. They didn't couldn't borrow the money to do it. So uh, as I was praying, the Lord uh, just spoke to my heart and said, let's do some creative financing. And we rented the building to them. When we rented the building to them, then that gave them a history of being current on all of their payments, uh, including the rent. So the bank was willing to uh, work with them on that. And within a three-year time, uh, we have built or we built a million-dollar church building that looks like a sale barn with a, with a uh, arena for uh, horse activities, cattle activities. On the side of it, we had 34 acres, and uh, 
we do a lot of things like that with children, teaching them to ride. And, and uh, it is attractive to the community because uh, we let them use it too. We use it kind of as a magnet uh, and it worked well. And the Lord is blessed. We're running over 200 now. Uh, before the COVID hit, we're running 250, sure. averaging. And now it, it, we had some people that dispersed and, you know, then die off, just didn't want to get back in the crowd. But we're, we're climbing back up. We're running over 200. In fact, three weeks ago, we had the biggest congregation that we've ever had. In our church, we had 347 people wow. here because we cooperate with the Cowboy Poetry Gathering here in Durango. And we had some of their stars there, so it was an attractive. But yet, at the same time, as we reach out like that, we reach out to the community. We mm -hmm. want the community involved. We've got people from every background, every church in the country that come here, driving from other towns just because they enjoy the freedom and the and the uh, relaxed uh, atmosphere. One of the big drawings in our church is our coffee bar. I said coffee bar. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, people come in, uh, they can get a cup of coffee and a, and a donut or something, and that's attractive. The Lord spoke to my heart and says a lot of people – dread going to church because they're afraid somebody's going to ask them for money. When they walk into our building, we ask them to fill out a visitor's card so we can send them a card saying, we're glad you're here. And I give them a mug. In fact, I've got it right there. We give oh, them wow. a mug like this one says, Durango's Cowboy Church. It's beautiful and brown we, mug. Nice little yeah, cowboy picture at the bottom. Well, I love that. And we say every cowboy ought to have his own coffee mug. Yeah. So you can take this one. Two things. When you see it, you'll know it's yours. But pray for us, will you? And mm. if you're going to continue to come, you can hang it on the wall. So you ought to see all the cups hanging on oh, the wall. Wow. Coffee bar. And wow. we're very relaxed, very informal church. We have a stringed band. Uh, we uh, that we've got a we've got guitars, uh, uh, violins. Uh, 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 bass guitars. We've had a, we've had a steel guitars, and we use Western style music. And not everybody is you know, likes that, but the people that the Lord told me that we would get does. Mm. What? And it, so that's an interesting thing. Another thing that the Lord told me was, I want you to reach out to those that's been bucked off and stepped on, mm. and that means hurt but it meant by other churches in various areas where the people can get disappointed, pastor failure, financial difficulties and things like that. And that's worked for us because hmm. we love people. And I let my people know that I love them. Uh, if you haven't heard today, I love you. Uh, <laughs> and that's something that the Lord really put in my heart to let people know that I love them. Whether they're a part of our church or not, we're glad you're here. Mm. So that's kind of the direction that we go. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I'm a fiddle player also. Uh, you know, in addition to being a pastor, and so that that definitely resonates with me hearing about a good old fashioned Western string band. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Let's <laughs> really a little bit more about that uh -huh. in the development 
was at this church and I was praying and asking the Lord to lead me. There's two things he told me to do. He told me to get out of the way mm. that he had built it. And that's hard for me to do. Sure. The second one was he showed me a man sitting on the back porch of his house playing a guitar. And in his heart, he was wishing he was jamming. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Middle yeah. player would know what that means. That means getting True. together other instruments yeah and that was one of the things that happened the guy that is the head of our band was the man that i saw oh wow he, he picks the songs he plays in fact he plays the banjo and mm -hmm. uh so it's uh but the lord has put it together and give me the things that he told me he would if i'd get out of the way mm. man i love that well i think from here you know it's it's always a delight you know getting to familiarize myself with stories uh, but from here, I want to dive into your story and pull out some of the lessons. You know, a lot of our listeners are pastors and leaders, and I think this is chock full of good moments. And I know that's a lot of what you and I talked about. So uh, my first question is, uh, how does a pastor sustain themselves when growth is a struggle? Because uh, obviously in Stillwater, you know, it seemed like there was there was kind of this growth and it was happening. But obviously in Durango for a long time, it was not. But for 23 years, year after year, you stayed there. And uh, and and struggled, you know, and 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 saw the Lord, you know, continue to be with you. And so, you know, let's get real practical. How does a pastor do that? You know, you might have some pastors who are saying, "Hey, I want to quit. How do I keep going?" You know. Well, let me tell you, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is uh, uh, one that was uh, had a lot of problems, uh, and uh, he was a. a, a uh, his he had 11 brothers and mm. all of them was jealous because the dad seemed like he, he loved Joseph the best. Mm -hmm. And Joseph gets thrown down in a well, a dry well. He gets sold to some uh, traders. He ends up in Egypt. He is sold like a slave. There is a guy that buys him, takes him home and just turns his whole business over to his care because he was so smart and he cared and he felt like that he could trust him. Then his wife liked him. And then the next thing we know, he ends up in jail for a number of years, not quite sure how long, but while he was in there, instead of griping, complaining about the bad situation or all that, things are not going right. He applied himself and actually took over the jail. There's two mm. guys in this story, too, the baker and, a, and a, a guy that worked directly with the king as, a, as one of his uh, side people. And while they were in there, they had a dream. And Joseph could interpret that dream. And one of they, then those two got out. But in that dream, Joseph said, one of you is going to be killed. The other one's going to be set free. And the one that set free, he was working with... Uh, uh, his master, his master had a dream, but he couldn't interpret it. But he says, I know a guy in jail that can. And Joseph hmm. got out of jail. And the next thing we see him happen, he becomes he becomes the second man in authority over Egypt because he knew what God was going to do with that land. And he was the man at the time to take care of Israel by furnishing food and things for them. That, that's been a, a, a model for me. 
Well, don't get discouraged. Just make sure you're where God wants you to be because the end is better than the beginning. Mm. And trust him. He keeps his word. God keeps his promises. And uh, I, uh, you got time for a little short one? (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I don't have any retirement. I always pastored wherever God wanted me to be. Uh, and I never, you know, as small churches and things, and I tried to live. I had three kids, and but God took care of us everywhere we went. When we moved here, I was going to move or wanted to move back to Oklahoma and do Stillwater again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a friend of mine says, did God tell you to do that? <laughs> and I had to think about it, and I said, you know, actually, no, I was just trying to take care of me and my wife. And he said, well, if God didn't tell you to do it, I don't think you should. Why would you want to leave? And I said, sure. it's too expensive to live here. Yeah, I and remember it, you telling me Durango's a kind of a tourist town, you know, definitely yeah, steep in price, you know. That's right. And uh, uh, he said, but if God didn't tell you to, uh, that shouldn't keep you from going or, or staying here where God wants you. And he said, just a minute, went upstairs, talked to his wife, come back down, said, come and get in my truck. He took me out on his ranch and he says, pick out 35 acres. I'm going to give it to you. Wow. I didn't even have the money to pay the taxes. Yeah. And they turned around and worked out a way to pay my wife 12,000 a year and pay me 12,000 a year to apply on the taxes. And it only took about three years to pay for the taxes. I didn't even have taxes. Why? I think it's because I was faithful to the Lord in the little things when I didn't have much. Mm. I sold that property and I bought me another place and I don't owe a penny on it. Mm. So the Lord took care of me because I stayed where God wanted me to be. Mm. That makes sense. It does. (laughs) And that's, that's hugely encouraging. I, you know, I found myself at different seasons being encouraged by that same story of Joseph and just getting to watch that play out. Um, yeah. And I know you kind of mentioned this already, but but I'm always a fan of hearing it, you know, one more time in a slightly different way. But uh, you you have told us multiple times already how important it is to stay where God wants you to be no matter what. Uh, but right. I meet a lot of pastors, you know, Pastor uh, Pastor Stan. I meet a lot, of, a lot of people who are saying, hey, where I'm at is really hard or where I'm at is a struggle or where I'm at is, is not panning out the way I thought or I want to be closer to family and this. And so yeah. – how important, because again, a lot of people wouldn't blame them for cutting and running, but but how yeah. important has it been for your life to be where God has asked you to be? I have one motivation within my life, and that's to be what God wants me to be, where God wants me to be, doing what God wants me to do. Mm. In this process, on Sunday nights for a number of years, I don't even know how many but we gathered together instead of having service. Uh, my wife and I, a lot of times, it was just three of us and a very faithful lady. We would gather together at the church and pray. First of all, we prayed over prayer requests that we had. Then at the very end of our prayer session, we would look to the north and we would look to the south. We'd look to the east. We'd look to the west. And we prayed that God would bless the other churches the other pastors, that the Lord would use them because I want to see souls saved. Mm. They don't have to all be saved in my church, but I want to see people make things right with God. 
And then the last part of that prayer, we pray, Lord, if there's people out there that's not in a church that doesn't belong to another church, we would love to have them in our church. If you'll help us, we'll give you praise and glory for it. And now we're running over 200 people instead of 35. Mm -hmm. uh, and God did it because he honored our prayers because mm -hmm. we meant it. And we put others first before us and let God fill in between. And he's taken care of my wife and I. He gave me back my horses. He gave me back yeah. my Western life. And he gave me a home that's paid for. Thank yeah. you, Lord. Yeah, and uh, and looking back at your life again, uh, it is hard, I think, to see past our present, you know, to see in yeah. the future and say, well, what if I have to trust God? <laughs> you know, if, if if things don't pan out, what, what does that mean? You know, but but your life, uh, Pastor Stan, has been just one big example of saying, as a you know, as a young man, you you gave up the horses and the cowboy yeah. and the whole the whole nine yards, and yet here the Lord has blessed you. You know, yeah. and and he, you said, "Hey, I want to leave Durango," and and you stayed because God asked you to, and He blessed you. Yeah. And I Absolutely. I hope any pastor listening would see would see the power of prayer, would see the power of what it means to to be called to a place and to stay. You yeah. know, until God says go, you know, it's just like the Israelites, right? They had the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, and it, if it didn't move, they didn't move. You know, no matter what. And I, uh, I'm encouraged by your example. Some of them grumbled, grunted, and complained, and God didn't like that either. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Well, we I don't want to be guilty of that. Well, uh, I guess as we kind of wrap up here, because because we kind of got to talk about that prayer meeting and things like that, but. Uh, you know, first of all, I got to ask: How many years have you been in pastoral ministry? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven years. For the record, for our listeners, that is almost twice as long as I've been alive. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I got. Well, ask, if I had a son, you you would work out pretty good. Not yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It works out. It works out. <laughs> well, hey, I got to ask the question then. Okay. Uh, what would you say to a younger pastor? I mean, you've been at this 57 years. You know, maybe they're struggling to keep faith, or maybe they're they're trying to find God's purpose, or maybe it's just good old-fashioned advice that you have, have have gleaned from the Lord from staying in the game, if you will, for 57 years. What would you what would you want to pass on to another generation of leaders? Don't preach anything you don't believe. <laughs> Fair point. Trust God. He'll keep his word. And the end is a lot better than the beginning. Stay mm -hmm. with it when you know that's where God wants you to be. He'll let you know if you're supposed to move or go someplace else. He didn't say it would be easy, but he's looking for those who he can use. And what I mean by use is that he can put you in a place and give you what to do and what to say and how to love those people. Stay there. Do what God tells you to do, and the end will be better than the beginning. And if you die there, you go to heaven. <laughs> Man, that last <laughs> bit, I don't know if it was more or less encouraging, but I think it was pretty encouraging. But yeah, <laughs> you end up dying if the weight's too much. We, we just go to heaven anyways. You know, it's not the worst not the worst outcome for us, you know. So. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm very healthy. God is blessed. And, and I did give up. Uh, riding my horses, but I still got them because uh, <laughs> makes my makes my legs sore when I ride. <laughs> that's but fair. I, that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Well, hey, uh, before we sign off here, I just want to say, Pastor Stan, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're more than welcome. If I could help somebody, that's what I want to do. Awesome. Well, hey, from all of us at Rural Advancement, we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Again, as we said at the beginning, it is our goal every single week, week in and week out, uh, to bring you content that speaks right to where we're at doing God's work in small places. Uh, be encouraged, be challenged, and know that there are people out there who are uh, doing God's work alongside you. You know, And as we learned from Pastor Stan today, just stay with it. The end is better than the beginning. But uh, I have been your host, Joe Epley. He has been Pastor Stan Formby, and we will see you next week.